too many. All right, we're going to try that again. Al, you there? I am here. Oh, it's so great to hear from you. Happy New Year, Al. 2018. Wow. Whoever thought we'd make it to 2018? It just seemed, you know, back in the Princess song, 1999, seemed so far off when I was in college back in the 1980s, and, and now we're way beyond that. And so Happy New Year in the 21st century. Yeah, Happy New Year to you. It's... Um a brisk day out there today. Brisk? Is that a, is that the term? I think it's more than brisk. Boy, it's, um, I walked down to the mailbox and it was uh, quite cold. It was really nice in the yard except for at the mailbox and then the wind could get at me and oof, it made the made my nose burn a little bit <laughs> and and run much faster than my feet. That's good. <laughs> so. Well, did I, you uh, have a good uh, Holiday season, Al? Yeah, I had a I had a great, uh, did a Christmas bird count yesterday. It was 18 below zero and oh. without counting birds. And So who was it, out uh, besides you counting the birds then? Uh, there was a good number of us out counting them, yeah. But who so were the we birds the, that were the fools that were, were out with oh, you? Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how many we got. Uh, I had, uh, oh, I think 20 or 21 species, which is the... Might be the fewest I've ever had oh. for one reason or another. But uh, nobody likes to do the cities very much. Uh, so I said, well, I'll do the cities. So that you do a lot of feeder counts, but you miss out on a lot of the bigger birds. I had one pheasant that was in our uh, Audubon Preserve. So I did get one big bird, but you know I had no turkeys or anything like that, or bald eagles. I kept looking up to see if I'd see one flying over, but didn't see one. But I, you know, I still had a wonderful time. It's just even at 18 below zero, and I was getting texts and emails from friends saying, "Really, you're counting birds today? <laughs> it's like 107 below here. What is wrong with you?" So it's nice when people. Um, Take the time to care, even when they think you're a complete idiot. And uh, I told them that my idiot detector had uh, the battery had gone dead on it, so I I had nothing to uh, indicate my idiotic behavior. And those things are very nice. Every man ought to have an idiotic behavior detector that just goes off when you're doing something really, really <laughs> stupid. You, listen to stuff out there today. Boy, you'll hear woodpeckers. When I went down, I heard woodpeckers drumming on resonant wood. They just do that. And that's, they're declaring territories already. And listen for chickadees. I've heard chickadees singing them. That's another sign that the days are becoming longer. And increasing daylight causes the blue jay to do its a pump handle call. For those of us that remember, some people call it a spelunker call, but and it's a queedle, queedle, queedle. And I've been hearing the hooting courtship calls of great horned owls in the night, and the calls are deep, soft hoots with sort of a stuttering rhythm. And these are all indicators that spring is just around the corner and i know you're saying well what corner is that <laughs> well, i don't know what corner it is but the days are getting longer we're getting more daylight now so we need to you know we take hope in that as the year turns to 2018 dan brinkman dan said uh, may, i hope dan is the million dollar winner 
from New Ulm. Oh yeah, I was hoping I... it was my uh, my in laws. I was hoping maybe they'd share a little bit of the love because that's where they're from. But I don't know if they they actually purchased those. So hopefully maybe somebody you know and they'll share it with KMSU. I've got five grandkids over there, but I think if they win, I'm still out of luck probably <laughs> on that. They, I'm sure they have a. I've seen their Christmas list, so they would be able to polish that million off pretty quickly. Well, Dan Brinkman says, I listen to KMSU Tuesdays as often as I can. I live in New Ulm and spent much time on the Minnesota River Valley bottom watching wildlife. And recently, we have been seeing a snowy owl northwest of Sleepy Eye, and twice we've seen a rough-legged hawk. They are so distinctive with black squares on their underwings of white. Yeah, they have like these little wrist different colors on their wrists. I just think they're lovely birds. Uh, Beekeeper Paul Hansen of Albert Lee. Whenever I talk about Paul, I always say Beekeeper Paul. You know, just I don't know why I do that. I guess there's several Paul Hansons in my life. But Beekeeper Paul Hansen and Albert Lee told me that a skunk had been putting its mouth to the hole in his one of his beehives, and it eats his honeybees. So, boy, you know, eating honeybees makes eating beet pickles sound pretty good. <laughs> so it's, uh, And why do we see skunks sometimes and not others? They go into sort of a torpor, or they'll just sleep for a while and then maybe wake up and stagger around a bit. So uh, Roy Zender was kind enough to send me a photo of the snowy owl from Kasoda. And, wow, what a lovely, lovely bird. I I just look at that picture and I say, boy, I see why we like them. They're just incredible. Uh, Tim and Sue sent an um, email and said they were wondering if there are deer falcons in Minnesota. Uh, the deer falcon's a big bird. It's got like a four-foot wingspan, and it likes to feed on large birds you know, like pheasants and mallards and ptarmigans in its northern breeding uh, areas, but there hasn't been a sighting in Minnesota this year. I believe there had been one in Lake of the Woods County last year, and I've I saw one. I remember in Minnesota it was in Duluth at the grain elevators at the port, and apparently had been there feeding on rats. So I would never say never, but a boy a deer falcon would be really unlikely. Uh, what a cool bird to see. Uh, Brad Baldwin. Brad was the compiler of the Fairmont Christmas Bird Count on December 16th. He said there was one new bird this year, an apparently wounded pelican on Rose Lake. A barred owl was recorded for only the second time, and a Ross's goose for the third. Appears to be the first year since 2006 where we missed all the roadside snowbird species, hornlark, snow bunting, and lapland longspur. Much seems to have changed since the count started as bald eagles and red-tailed hawks are much easier to find now than in the early years of the count. They had 37 species in Fairmont in their Christmas bird count, and thanks for Brad for for doing that. And that was another one, me doing in the city, and I had Albert Lee yesterday, and I, you know, I didn't see any of the hornlark snow buntings or lapland longspurs, of course, in mine. Uh, Vicki Edwin. Vicki is from Manchester, Minnesota. Uh, boy, population, I don't know what Manchester has, 49 maybe, something like that, but all quality people. She, uh, at her feeders on the 1st of 
January. She just likes to check, see what's out there at the beginning of the year. She had cardinals, house finches, chickadees, blue jays, red-breasted nuthatches, hairy woodpeckers, downy woodpeckers, grackles, barred owl, pheasants, and juncos. And I, we have a pheasant coming to our feeder here at uh, at home, and you know that's the last place the pheasant probably wants to be because they don't like us because we people shoot them, but they get hungry enough they have to go find something to eat. Uh, Jim Roby said uh, yesterday there was a snowy owl in the medium of median of Highway 52, just after passing under the airport bridge going south. Steve Hudek, who I had the pleasure of meeting yesterday, saw a short-eared owl, and this would be in Maurer County Road 2. That would be northwest of Dexter, so it was hunting along the roadside and nearby Grassy Slough. Um, Jane Agerdahl of, uh, of Faribault is, uh, saw a red-bellied woodpecker and a red-breasted nuthatch at a feeder. Gary Wickman of Albert Lee he saw at his feeders house finches, morning doves, blue jay, and one turkey. And uh, I think that is it from that piece of paper. I have pieces of paper, oh, folks. You would not believe. Are they like ripped out papers, or are they the little memo things? Because actually, I those those 3M memo, or they I guess used to be 3M. 3M. I don't know if they still are, but the memo pads they're kind of expensive for just a bunch of little sheets of paper with a little glue on them. Yeah, and they're too small for a lot of things. They're nice for little memos, and it's amazing, isn't it, the difference in quality in some of them? Some of them don't stick where the hoot. (laughs) Other ones you have to take a hammer and uh, some (laughs) sort of pry bar just to get them off things. They stick on there so good. So I broke my glasses, which uh, I'm really good at that. I got titanium glasses, uh, the, the frames. And they're supposed to be pretty much unbreakable, but there was they broke. no challenge there. I broke them. Oh. So uh, we were moving around the country, and I thought, boy, we'll we'll stop and get some duct tape, and I can just put a big wad of duct tape on there. Yeah. <clears throat> I won't mention the name of the store, but it was one of the, the dollar stores, and we stopped in there and got a roll of duct tape. It wouldn't even stick to itself, let alone my glasses, <laughs> so I could have put the whole thing. I was willing to wrap it around my head just to keep glasses on, So, but uh, it just it was bad, bad duct tape. Maybe it was really old. I don't know. Um, the New Ulm Christmas bird count had a couple of exciting things happen. Theirs was also on uh, Saturday, December 16th. They had 32 species. And uh, Elaine Polson, who is the compiler there, said it was a fairly similar to what we see during years when it's nice weather. And there's not a lot of snow on the ground and stuff like that. We had a snowy owl, which we have never had before, so it was a nice first for us. The owl was identified by John Olson. He spotted it in a tree close to Highway 14, about a mile east of that Highway 14 and 15 intersection. There were 20 rusty blackbirds, Mark Tack or Tacky, and Mark, I'm probably getting here, it's T-A-C-K-E, so I can go either way on that. Pretty sure I got the Mark part right. And Greg Deerson spotted a flock of rusty blackbirds on County Road 7 near a frozen slough. After consulting their bird books, the two decided that the brownish tone of the birds in their eyes were identifying marks of rusty blackbirds. Oh, they are so pretty, you guys. We get them in our, had them in our yard here up till not too long ago. 
A third per- species at Polson, considered unusual but not unheard of, was a belted kingfisher. The most commonly spotted bird was the European starling, followed by the house sparrow, black-capped chickadee, and the rock pigeon. And somebody, yes, uh, I don't know the name, but they said do barred owls, and that's B-A-R-R-E-D, barred owls migrate. This is the owl that people often see at their feeders because they come there to feed on, oh, they love feeding on little uh, little mice and voles and uh, shrews. If if we get out, if we get a little bit more snow, we will be hearing applause coming from the miniature world in our yard. <laughs> uh, animals can't let snow keep them from getting to work. They can't call in and say, you know, I'm not coming to work because they'll starve to death. So there's something called the subnivian zone, and that's that area between the surface of the ground and the bottom of the snowpack. And the word subnivian means under the snow, so that makes sense. Uh, some mice, but a lot of voles and shrews, retreat, retreat there for protection from cold temperatures and predators. So at a time when food is scarce, it's available in that humid habitat where grass, leaves, seeds, bark, and even some insects being on the menu. Below the snow, tiny mammals create these long tunnel systems Six inches of snow, I think that's kind of the secret, because that provides a sturdy roof over this generous living quarters and provides relatively stable temperatures around 32 degrees, regardless of the air temperature. And because of their extraordinarily fast metabolic rate, shrews must feed voraciously. So this this little animal is your friend, Karen, because the saliva (laughs) of the short-tailed shrew is venomous, and its bite can subdue or kill larger prey, such as mice and voles. Oh, so I'd need to ship in a bunch of shrews, but then what else would they do damage, though? Just put up a big sign that says, yay, shrews. They really don't. They feed upon beetles, centipedes, earthworms, uh, snails, slugs. They eat slugs, so we like them there. I'm going to ship in a bunch of shrews then, it sounds like. Yeah, they'll eat some vegetable matter, but I think they'd much rather eat uh, a vole than anything else so and this had nothing to do with the question that the listener (laughs) asked which was do barred owls migrate i kind of went off on a tangent there barred owls beautiful birds they're big owls but they don't have the feathered tufts the horns of a great horned owl and actually a great horned owl will prey upon barred owls so it's a tough world out there but barred owls not only don't migrate they seldom travel far from home there was one survey i read that they had banded barred owls and the one they found the farthest away from where it had hatched was six miles oh wow they don't get very far that's it they too karen man they eat voles so you like them, too, but they also eat rabbits, mice, squirrels, chipmunks. They'll take some birds, amphibians, reptiles, and they fish. They like oh. to eat fish. <laughs> they don't want them and then. It's one of the most common photos sent to me is of the barred owl. And every time that a listener sends me a photo, it's a barred owl perched upon a shepherd's hook or some other kind of post holding a bird feeder because this owl loves to hunt from elevated perches, and it uses its sight and its hearing to scan for prey. 
And then when they catch something, if it's a small prey like a vole, they'll just eat it whole. And if it's a large prey, then they kind of cut it in pieces and will typically eat the head first. And they will cache prey to eat later. So they bank food so they can have it at a, a later time when things maybe are a little tougher out there. So do, do I'm birds, sorry it took me... Yeah, sorry. do birds get desensitized to sounds? Because I notice a lot of times at the bird feeder, they'll they'll be out there and you can bang on the window a lot of times and they just ignore you or their car's going by and they'll ignore it and they just sort of, certain sounds just don't seem to... to even astound them or, or startle them at all anymore. Yeah, and they do become a little bit accustomed. There's some, I know it, when we have a turkey come into the yard, if I just walk by the window, it will take off because mm. I live in the area where people shoot them. Right. When I'm over at the nature center, at the Hormel Nature Center in Austin, they fly up on the bird feeders and I can press my face against that window. They just ignore me because oh. nobody's shooting at them there. So birds are I say this over and over and over again, but being a bird brain, that's not an insult. Birds are much smarter than than we have given them credit to because we have a little bit of, you know, humans. We think oh, we're just so much smarter than everything else out there. and We've always had that attitude, and we're finding out that, boy, a lot of other things have are pretty smart, too, and we need to give them, we just need to give them a nod once in a while and say, yeah, that's, you're pretty smart there. So the answer to your question is yes and no. I think some birds just, uh, we get the snowy owls coming down. They don't know anything about humans, really. They don't understand cars. They don't know. So if one would land in our yard, which, well, how cool would that be? But it probably would just, it wouldn't know what to think if we were pounding on the window. There, but some other birds, like a pheasant or a turkey, might say, yipes, I'm out of here. There was a special last night on, on PBS on one of the nature shows the boys were watching, and it talked. It showed research that they've done with, with birds and how smart some of them are, especially the crows. And I think this is actually, I, I think before I saw it on the TV, it was became a viral sensation on the Internet of research they'd done showing a guy that wore a mask and um, was uh, scary to, to crows, and um, then the crows remembered it generations later, which was really crazy to me that they could somehow pass that down. And, and that was the interesting research. Yep, and I, I, I've met the fellow that did that. Oh. And it was, yeah, it's incredible how he'd do that because he'd, he'd put on that mask and then he'd just, uh, he'd rouse the crows, you know, get out of here. And, and if he'd come out without the mask on, they really didn't pay much attention to him. But if he put that mask on, they mobbed him. They called all their friends in and said, here's that bad human that was doing this thing. Let's get him. And what they were doing, of course, was trying to drive him out of the territory. They didn't want him around, which made sense because he hadn't been very nice to them. But, yeah, crows can – my dad always said they could count to six. Really? Because, uh, yeah, when he was a kid, there was uh, they, they hunted crow because uh, – in those days, they thought crows were harvesting their corn and doing all kinds of terrible things. So Grandpa would organize these hunts, and he had a bunch of kids, and there were there were bats all over down there. So they would hide in an area, and the crows would come and they would shoot them. But the crows would watch them go in, so they could count up to six. So they wouldn't come if they they sent seven kids in. 
and then six of them left, and they left one kid in the blind, the crows would come back, and the one kid could shoot at them. So Dad always said the crows could count up to six, but if you threw seven kids in there, they couldn't count them. And uh, I have no doubt that was true, That they, but I bet they figured out seven in a hurry after one of them got shot. <laughs> well, and the, then they Dad, showed that Dad special. They felt okay. sorry about it. Well, I just couldn't believe it. It just was amazing to me that th- these birds, who, like you said, you think are bird brains, could, you know, was it instinct or was it something, was it a learned behavior? What could they think? And, and they just talked about different kinds of birds, and, and some were apparently sm- are, are apparently smarter than others. Yeah, and crows and ravens are class valedictorians. They are extremely smart, but we need to throw other birds in there, too. Uh, Geese or anybody that's raised geese knows how smart they are. And hawks are another bird that's probably not given credit for being as smart as they are. They're they're very, very smart, and um, a lot of people that are into falconry or or rehabbers will tell you how smart hawks are. So, and... The little chickadee. I'm looking at a chickadee at my window feeder right now. He's surviving out there at however cold it got here. I'm not sure what our coldest. We can't do that. If they threw us outside with um, just, I'll say, what we had on, and we couldn't go indoors or anything, you know, we wouldn't make it. That little chickadee can. So, you know, who's who's smarter? He's just smarter in different ways than we are, and he's able to survive. And that's just so cool. It's just every day brings a richness and a newness. And I hope that's what everybody gets in 2018. Not only a newness, but a richness of this wonderful world and of this wonderful life that we are given. And if you need even more, uh, please come to the cafe where the food chain is missing a few links. The special is always the Heimlich Maneuver and gravy is considered a beverage. And now featuring authentic leftovers with less hair in the food and real cup holders where grease is good and none of the food smells like feet. Well, hardly any of it. I I sat down the other day and and thought. I have to do that on occasion. I'm a newspaper columnist. I write a bunch of columns every week, and you just have to sit down and think about things. I think there should be belated Christmas cards. Yes. Yeah, I checked the card racks. I couldn't find any. Wouldn't they be perfect, Karen, for those cards we receive after Christmas that show the postmark? proving that they've been mailed before Christmas? Because <laughs> if they're mailed after Christmas, we can just say, well, I can send him one now because he sent me one after. And, you know, we could put a tender message on those cards, like I'd completely forgotten about you until I got your card. I hope you had a Merry Christmas. <laughs> and it'd be all right because it'd be printed on a card so people would say, well, that's okay. But if we send one and write that on it wouldn't do well. So that's that's going to be my project. My next multi-million dollar thing will be belated Christmas card. Well, you know, my sister doesn't get hers done in time, so she just sends them out on Valentine's or some other holiday and says, Happy Valentine's Day, and just, you know, forget it. it I miss Christmas, and I'm not going to acknowledge it. I'm just going to say, I'm thinking of you this time of year instead. 
Oh, that's nice. I send all mine out on uh, 4th of July one year. Oh, did you? And I put a little note in them all and said I didn't want to wait till the last minute. And everybody <laughs> took it pretty well, except one of my wife's aunts got kind of ticked off about it. She just thought that was wrong. That Why would anybody? She wanted to know if they were from last year or the coming year, and she just uh, took it poorly. But other than that, I recommend that. It's, you get them out early, and then you... It's one of those stress relievers. You do away with one thing that you'd have to do at Christmas time, and it just makes it easy. Folks, remember Heartland is well worth driving past. Do something wild today. Get out there and look at a bird and count your own birds in your yard. It's a fun thing to do, and there's a great backyard bird count coming up in February, and uh, you can do that. Karen, thanks as always. It's a pleasure being on KMSU, and boy, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks, Al. We'll chat with you uh, next week. Sounds good? Uh, Look forward to it. Thanks. Bye-bye.